I'm Holly. I'm Emily. I'm Deanna. And this is Confessions of a Farm Wife. Hey everybody, this is Holly Spangler, editor here at Prairie Farmer, and I wanted to share with you a little bit about our podcast today. Normally our Confessions of a Farm Wife podcast features Deanna Thomas, Emily Wabel, and myself, um, but we did things a little different this time. This podcast was actually recorded um, a couple weeks ago at the Women in Ag Conference in the Quad Cities, and we decided to mix things up a little bit this year, because if you remember, we did this a year ago. Um, We decided to mix it up a little bit this year and invite in one of the Chicago field moms that I met on an an Illinois Farm Families tour a couple years ago. So we had Natasha Nichols with us, and Natasha is wonderful, um, and I'm looking forward to you getting to hear what she has to say. Um, But we had a little bit of a kink in our plans in that um, when we recorded this, Deanna Thomas was actually on bed rest awaiting her first child. And I am happy to report that since that time, um, she and her husband, Brayden, have welcomed home Delaney Jean Thomas. So many, many congratulations to Deanna and Brayden and their new little family. And with that, we'll turn it over here to the podcast. And I hope you'll really be encouraged by some of the things that Natasha had to say. She's a really fascinating, outspoken person about what she thinks and what she believes, which makes for some really great, meaningful conversation. So with that, give it a listen. Thanks, everybody. And I'm just going to real quickly introduce what we have on our panel. Some of them are familiar faces. We have Emily Modest. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So we have Emily in the, the blue towards me. In the middle is Holly Spangler, who's been with us before. She is a farm wife from Fulton County and a columnist, a field editor for Prairie Farmer Magazine, which has been around forever, and most of us and our families are familiar with that. And then to the right is Natasha Nichols, and this is the first time that Natasha has joined our group. But she is a familiar face with some of us. She has been involved in the Illinois Farm Families uh, Field Moms, City Moms program that started back in 2012. And you were actually a 2013 participant, right? So she is our city mom that's going to join us. So I'm going to turn it over to you ladies. And thank you very much for joining us. (laughs) Well, thank you, everybody. Um, We are glad to be here and glad to be podcasting again, and um, you'll be able to find this online next week, so um, hopefully everything will go according to plan, because as Lane said, I am a writer and a photographer, but I am not a farm broadcaster, (laughs) technology needs to be our friend today. Our cohort, Deanna, is is our uh, technology expert for making this happen, so... But yeah, we thought it might be good to just give a little background on ourselves here at the beginning of our Confessions of a Farm Wife and Friends. (laughs) (laughs) So Emily? Sure. Hi, guys. I'm Emily Wabel. Um, Like Elaine said, um, I was Emily Mottas, but um, we, uh, my husband Joe and I um, live in Farmington, Illinois, over by Peoria. I am a former teacher uh, turned stay-at-home mom. I started having kids and evidently couldn't stop. I have six. Um, and just a funny story for those of you who are here, last year I told it also, um, I had four, um, three boys, and, or three girls and a boy, excuse me, and I was sitting at that table, and the speaker was talking about how he had five kids, and I was like, oh my gosh, he has five kids, and then I'm just thinking and doing math and sitting next to Holly and going, I think I'm pregnant. And she's like, you're not, you're fine, you're not. Don't listen to me. Two weeks later, they find out it's twins. So um, we have five uh, five girls and one boy. 
Um, and we also have cattle when we have time. And um, I have a blog, which they provide a lot of um, good stories um, called Confessions of a Farm Wife. Um, and I think that's it, right? Is that good? That sounds okay. That sounds great. Natasha? Well, I'm Natasha Nichols, and I am from Chicago, Illinois. I married my grade school sweetheart. Um, we met in eighth grade at church, of all places. Um, I have four children, a 15-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a set of 5-year-old twins. <laughs> Twin moms unite up here. Amen. Um, it is obvious I'm not a farm mom at all, or farm wife, or anything else like that. I am a wannabe farm wife, so I have my little garden, and I have my little house on the prairie moments during the summertime. Um, my blog's name is House Full of Nickels, and it's pretty That's evident cute. why we're a house full. There's six of us, and sometimes extra. We also have a Saint Shepherd dog, and for those of you trying to figure out what the heck a Saint Shepherd is, it is a Saint Bernard German Shepherd mix, Whoa. and he thinks he's a lap dog. <laughs> So you can imagine how our house looks. Um, house Full of Nickels started because I got pregnant with twins uh, on a marriage retreat of all places. <laughs> and I didn't see space in the blogosphere that addressed my concerns of being a mom of twins. So I started, I started the blog and it's gone from talking about waiting for the twins to life with the twins and no sleep to travel and DIY and my obsession with bread making and gardening and all things uh, domestic because I kind of I kind of like being a stay-at-home mom. You'll find out that there are many layers to me. People who've talked to me at the conference today have found out that I've served in the Navy. I've run a Starbucks. I've worked at Target. Um, I, I'm also <laughs> like the so She's my soulmate. And I'm, and I'm also, uh, in, in what little spare time I have, um, I work a lot with Habitat for Humanity, and um, I volunteer with the Red Cross as a, an instructor and a fire responder. So um, if there are any fires in Chicago, I normally show up and kind of offer a shoulder to cry on and money, you know, for those who have lost things in the fire. That's just a little about me. Very cool. Natasha's like an onion. You peel back the layers. <laughs> and good luck following that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Well, I'm Holly Spangler. Um, I grew up on a farm in southern Illinois, a long way from here, opposite corner of the state, and met my husband in college, and we farm in Fulton County, really close to McDonough County. I have said the um, Spangler wagon train needed to keep going just a little bit farther. We got to the good soil in McDonough County. They stopped. So <laughs> that's where we are. We farm with my husband's parents and raise corn, soybeans, and beef cattle, pretty much the same stuff I grew up on. And then we have three kids. Jenna's 13, Nathan's 11, and Caroline is almost 8. She would appreciate being recognized for 8 <laughs> and not 7. And um, I've been an editor with Prairie Farmer Magazine for a long time and then just became um, editor this last year. And then blogging along the way and column writing, and now we podcast. That's who we are. And then Emily and I started volunteering with my farm families back whenever it started. Jack was a baby. Right. 2011. Yeah. Yeah. And gotten to go on some of the tours, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I would cover it for the magazine and then got to meet Natasha. That's right. And what year did you say you did it? We we met in 2013. Yes. Time goes by. It does. I would have said that was blown by. (laughs) 
Absolutely. So um, it was just really neat. And I think one of the neat things out of that is you meet somebody like Natasha, and then we become Facebook friends yes. and follow you on Instagram yes. and all these things. So that's kind of neat. And you feel like you halfway know you and your kids. Yes, I've gone through and... a couple of uh, calf births with, <laughs> yeah. with Holly over here. <laughs> <laughs> we like to bring people along the But I was curious, like, I don't remember ever asking you this, you know, we were on that tour or whatever that day, like, why did you decide you wanted to be involved with Illinois Farm Families, or like, how did you find out about it and decide to sign on? I found out about Illinois Farm Families through, what else, a Facebook post. Mm -hmm. One of my friends who served in the, who, who was in the 2012 class, said that there was a call out for, you know, people, and it's not just for bloggers or, or anything like that. It was for any um, mom in the city of Chicago who wanted to learn more about where their food came from and be able to ask hard questions that they only post to their Facebook audience on a daily basis to the, the actual farmers. And um, I applied because things like that interest me. You know, um, I'm, I'm a lover of learning and I like to stay busy. I'm, I'm really bored if I'm not doing something. My husband will say I need to sit down quite often. And the email came back that I was accepted and it's the rest of it's history. What was your aha moment with Illinois Farm Families? What was your moment that you were like, oh my gosh, I get it. I understand what they're doing. Or standing in a field. Yeah, or you farm. amongst cattle. <laughs> it's really hard to say. I think it was when we were at a, at a hog farm. Mm -hmm. And um, it was the Ward farm. I don't, I don't know if you know uh, Steve Ward. And when he was talking to us, he says, I, I don't think lots of people, when they're going on and on about the the bad things that farmers do and how they don't trust farmers with it. We feed our children and our families with the food that we, we raise, you know, okay. with the animals that we raise. And I think that was the aha moment mm -hmm. for me where it really solidified, you know, my trust in the food system mm -hmm. in general and the fact that this is serious work for that, you know, this is their, their well-being and um, that they are really passionate about it, you know. Did you go in with any preconceived notions? I mean, I, I know I went into a Chicago event with kind of preconceived notions about you're just... And we were wrong? We were totally wrong. <laughs> yes. So we had lots of people in our class who were really, really against GMOs. Okay. Uh, that was the big buzzword in, mm. in our class. I think maybe the tour we met on was the one I about think, GMOs. I, I believe so. Donna uh, farm. Was that the, the soybean? Was it, was it soybeans? Well, they, we were talking about corn. It was corn and soybeans. Yeah. I know that we had an we acre and then they, yes. And then we went out. Yes. Yeah. And my mantra that entire uh, time was, I'm okay with food having GMOs because my parents taught me to say grace. And as long as I say grace over my food and the Lord bless them, <laughs> I'm covered. You know, that was, that was just my general, my general thought. Um, so you were I assume you worried. were in the minority in that. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was very much alone yeah. in, 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 that, in that way of thinking. Um, and reasoning, I have a, a biology background from college. Mm -hmm. Reasoning came through and said, well, GMOs have been around for 20-something odd years, okay, it's become this buzzword, kind of like, I don't know, gluten-free. Um, and, and this is not making light of anyone with celiac mm -hmm. disease. But it, it's, it's become a fad to be gluten-free, you know. Mm -hmm. Hey, I can't eat this because I'm gluten-free. And it's like, well, why? Because it's the cool thing to do, you know. <laughs> um, they, there's, there's no reason. And, and I became more sure of my, of my mm -hmm. choice to 
just deal with GMOs. Well, and you understood science. Oh, sounds like yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> Which that, would separate you from that's a lot. also <laughs> another. You know, I'm a I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd that way, and um, arguments have happened because of everything being labeled GMO. Yeah. Uh, I grew a large tomato, and somebody says, "Yeah, you probably use those GMO seeds." <laughs> <laughs> so. We had a lesson about hybridization, and uh, they were like, well, that's the same thing. And I said, well, kind of not. Um, <laughs> whether, whether you understand or not, you are a hybrid. And I think they looked insulted, and I said, well, uh, you do realize that hybrids are genetic information paired with genetic information, and then a new you know, species comes up. You're kind of what that is. <laughs> you, know, you took information from your mom and dad, and then you wonderful person came about. Um, you could argue with that. That's what hybrid, hybrids are, so yeah. yeah. Well, and it's the whole, you know, corn doesn't look today like it did. Right. No, many, no, not at all. Years ago, and broccoli and cauliflower and what else. I've seen those kind of neat you know, images of, right, you know, they've been bred. Correct, correct, yeah. Cauliflower head. Yeah, because it would be hard to eat some of the stuff that was growing right. 200 years ago. Ooh, right. No teeth. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be curious, because it was on that same tour. I ended up doing a story after that about GMO labeling and what, you know, was going on in Congress and what people were talking about, what people were concerned about, and some of the women on that tour, you know, interviewed them about that. And there were some real, like you said, there were some real concerns. And I'd be curious afterwards how many of those women felt the same way or if they had kind of come around or I think a couple of them a couple of them came around there there's still yeah. some where they're they're not as uh, staunch with the mm-hmm. GMO so they still limit it but not as and their pockets love them for it they also realize <laughs> that uh, shopping according to labels can be a bit you know of a misnomer and uh, when you have I think it was uh, Thanksgiving I was in the grocery store. I'm social media, so blogging is my... I'm on every platform there is. And um, I saw a turkey for like $85 uh, because it was labeled gluten-free, um, um, GMO-free, antibiotic-free, uh, whatever other free that you could. And, and someone says, no, those labels are important. I said, but it's a fresh... It was never frozen. Uh-huh. Right. So there, there are a lot of things that you don't need to put on this sure. label. You're paying $85 for fluff, you know? Right. Um, and it probably won't taste that good after you're done <laughs> cooking it because you're going to do something wrong to it anyway. So, yeah, I'd rather have my, my $8 chicken because I spent 29 cents a pound. I think an $85 turkey ought to, like, get up and serve itself. It's it better. <laughs> at least, least baste itself, you know. Let's do some of the work. It's a self-basting turkey. Very self-basting turkey. That's a mixed label. I think that is a good segue into food. Um, Is that all right if we move on? Okay. Um, I I thought it was really interesting with that very first Illinois Farm Families meetup we met in, I think it was Lincoln Park. Um, And I just thought these women live in the city and they, you know, my life is hard too. I have to drive 30 miles to the good grocery store. have to stock up on the groceries. Stock up, yes. Carry in my groceries from my detached garage. I mean, these are first world problems, obviously. (laughs) But a lady sat next to me and said, yeah, well, I get my groceries ordered and or I go get it about, you know, once every couple of days because I live in an apartment on the third floor and I have three kids and we have to walk up the stairs. And I was like, whoa, okay, you have a different... You know, she's shopping a little bit different. So we were kind of... there's something where she, I mean, she couldn't 
She even had to leave the kids at the bottom of the stairs. Or the yes, groceries. it was like a they moral dilemma. Yeah. Who do I leave at the bottom of the stairs? The turkey or the kids? Um, but it was such an enlightening conversation. So I'm just curious, like, talk to, talk to us a little bit about, like, going to the grocery store in Chicago. So Chicago is very, very odd. I went to school in Lincoln Park. Um, oh. And if you've never been to Chicago, Lincoln Park is a different type of neighborhood. In that way, yes. Uh, <laughs> in a uh, fancy way. Yes. Um, they have, uh, the women have been named, nicknamed Trixies. Like, they all drive Volkswagen bugs and, you know, it's totally horrible. Uh, but it's, it's you know, they, they have shops along the way, so you can do a lot. It's a very walkable, walkable mm-hmm. neighborhood. And then you have neighborhoods in Chicago that are food deserts. So, you know, um, people with no cars or uh, they only rely on bus transportation or whatever mm-hmm. are without good grocery stores. So they have to depend on convenience stores mm-hmm. and uh, corner, corner grocery stores where the markup for things like, it, uh, like good produce, produce is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So you have that, you know, um, spectrum and it's, it's really difficult. For us, I have the detached garage um, now. But um, I lived on a boulevard, so if I had to park across the yes. street with my four children, I was that person. I did not want to come back down for a second trip, too. So I was loading up on bags. I was wearing kids on my front and my back and, you know, kind of huffing it across so that we could kind of get and then locking everybody in the gate and then reloading. Okay. Um, but, but grocery stores in Chicago are, are, are really weird. We have a chain called Mariano's, uh, which took over... Dominic's, which was oh, Albertsons, sure. is, is mm-hmm. Albertsons. It's under that, no, not Albertsons. It's under, who's saying it? Not, mm-hmm. Jewel and Albertsons are the same. Dominic's okay. is under, uh, I can't think of it. <laughs> um, but Mariano's took over because they ran Dominic's out of, out of, so now they want you to have this grocery shopping experience. You know, oh. and you and you go through and you How's have that with twins. It's it's <laughs> it's. I do not take my children grocery <laughs> yeah. shopping with me anymore. Well, you um, need experience because <laughs> because number one, children drive up your grocery bill like no other when you yeah. take them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, it's not local produce isn't as as prevalent in a lot of the grocery stores. And I found myself shopping for meat at the grocery stores, okay. but going to a farmer's market and paying more for, for, for produce because it tasted better okay. and it just looked so much better and, and the taste. And then I was like, I'm paying $8 for a pound of tomatoes. Let's go ahead and grow my own, you know. Mm-hmm. And then those tasted even sweeter because, <laughs> you know, I could go out for a salad and just get fresh. Right. So the, the, grocery, the grocery spectrum in Chicago is kind of weird because so many people think that we're just this live and upcoming city and you have all of these choices and all of these pockets where people can't get fresh food. Mm-hmm. So all of these food deserts and you know, if it's not if it's not your main focus or your main problem, it's kinda out of sight, out of mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're working on trying to get more food to to people. Wow, that's Please. interesting. Yeah. Do you take your twins grocery shopping anymore? Uh, no. <laughs> don't I do, do it. Not. Don't do it. Well, and then it's just a conversation, and I don't have time. So. Yeah, because everybody, everybody's got to. Because I'm pushing you. the stroller and pulling the cart, and then I've got other kids walking along, and it's just, yes, I have a lot of kids. Move they're, over. They're all mine. The yes. yes, they are all mine. <laughs> yes. So if you see me in the grocery store, I'm sorry I'm grouchy. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a question. We were talking about, and we were talking about earlier, there's a GMO labeling bill that failed mm-hmm. this week in the Senate. And, um, you know, you're talking about all the labels on your turkey or whatever. Like, what do you hear? I mean, you're hearing people who say they want labels on things 
I mean, would you, do you care if it says it's got GMOs or not? Because I, we think, okay, if you're going to start labeling everything, it's all going to be labeled. You know, it's all going to say it's got GMOs in it mm-hmm. in some way. Correct. And I think the point was made by the gentleman who was speaking earlier where they put GMO-free on, on Cheerios. Yes. It's just yes. so unnecessary. Yes. Um, and, and people don't realize now you're paying, you know, uh, 25 more cents on that box of Cheerios because they have to use the extra ink and reformat everything. It's stupid, um, for lack of a better word. Um, I, I, I do think that people have a right to know, but I, I do also think they should do a little bit of the work themselves, sure. you know. Um, if you are worried about uh, GMOs or whatever, know which items have GMOs. Right. Don't, don't put unnecessary labeling on everything else. And then with those items that do have GMOs, then you just shop organic with, with, the, other, with the other items. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's no reason to put, you know, GMO-free on, I don't know, strawberry jam. Mm-hmm. You know, right. there, there's no reason for it. Um, right. It's lack of a better word. I can't say stupid at home. I'm going to say it a lot today because I can't say it. Stupid. Get it all over your system that way. We were talking, I'd heard Mark Linus speak this winter who was an anti-GMO activist in, in Europe, um, like was part of, you know, torching research plots and that kind of stuff. And he's come around in the last, I think about two to three years and said, oh wait, I stopped and studied the science and this all makes sense. And um, I heard him speak this winter and met him and he was talking about how, you know, He's in favor of, of GMOs because of the science supports it and it's safe. But he's like, I think we should just label it. I think we should label everything. Everything would be transparent. And then um, what else are they going to ask for? What are the activists going to ask? You know, we've given them what they wanted. Yeah, and then they're going to complain about how much everything costs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to go... Which is interesting. With, well, yes. you're never, ever going to make everybody everybody happy. So um, they're going to they're happy complaining about GMO lab- labeling. And then when for now. The, the labels come, mm-hmm, then they're right. going to... You know, complain. Why are farmers charging so much to put food on the? On the well, this is what happens right. when you when you Be want this stuff. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Well, we are getting about to the end of our time. Gosh, um, that's fast. I know that's fast. Endorsements or questions? Yes. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, we should do questions. I think so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we usually do a, a piece at the end where we endorse a product or something that we're loving. But so if we have time, if they have no questions, maybe we like could write that on the blog. We'll put that it sounds good. Too. Okay. We'll get one from Natasha. Sounds good. We just real quick. We don't have a whole lot of time. Maybe we'll rely on our friendly farm bureau managers to tell us when we're. Ooh, we've got a raised hand. Done. Wait yeah, till you get the microphone. <laughs> we learned last year. We, she's right there, Sarah. Or raise your hand. Raise your hand again. There we go. Okay. We have roving microphones. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, caller. Yes. Well, that's a great question. Um, I will have it posted on my blog next week. So if you go to prairiefarmer.com and click on the blogs, that will take you there. Or you can also type in farmprogress.com slash my generation, and that will take you to all our blogs, and it's right there. And, or, my, and mine is, uh, if you Google Confessions of a Farm Wife or look up that on Facebook, I will have it linked to. We are on the platform SoundCloud. We're not on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. Someday we might be on Someday. iTunes. Someday. When, 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 when like, all my kids go to school, then I promise you we'll be fancy. And we can send a And then Deanna like will have a baby. So. Yes. <laughs> anyway. There's that. Good question. Yeah. Raise them high. Oh. In the orange. I want to thank Natasha for serving in the military. Oh. She wants to thank Natasha for serving in the military. That's awesome. It was my pleasure. My husband will not let me go back. Uh, when, I, when I first started, we only had one child, 
and now we have four. And he's just like, yeah. This is a totally, totally different, totally different playground right now. So I Which one? Which one of oh, us? Anyone and all you of us? Go. Anyone? Um, I uh, write when it comes right to my my thought. I've had people ask me to write on different topics. Like, would you write about this? I'm like, no, I cannot complete a thought unless it's right in my brain and it's something I know a lot about. So if you have a thought, sit down and do it right then. Okay, well, um, that's in the middle of the night. <laughs> then you get up and you write about it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I've heard of people that keep a notepad yeah. by their bed and just... I used to keep my laptop in the kitchen too, because that's where I spent the most time. And I'm I'm kind of different um, be, because blogging is my full time income. I have certain days that mm. that I blog, and because my children are a little bit older now, I can kind of encourage them with gifts if they <laughs> if they if they act if they act properly. You know, while I'm, while, while I'm while I'm working, um, so you know, I kind of fit it in and um, start drafts. Mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. start a draft, right. you can always remember. What you right. were, what you were writing about, because if you don't get it written down, you it's never it. ever going to come back to you mm-hmm. ever. Right. I write for a living, so you might think I would do most of it during the light of day, but that would be wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tend to. I think. And I think everybody's this way. That's a writer. You have a certain time of day when you're just thinking better and thoughts are flowing. For whatever reason, for me, that's late afternoon, evening, which mm-hmm. really doesn't work in our life right now. <laughs> So I tend to do stuff at night, you know, after the kids are in bed and then sit down and put some thoughts together. Okay, I think that's it. We will wrap it up. Thank you all for having us, and um, we will see you another time. Thanks. Thank you.